This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You're now listening to the Destination Debbie Podcast. I present your host, Ray Garvin, the creator of Destination Debbie, and your go-to source for all things Debbie and college football. Welcome back for episode 20 of the Destination Debbie podcast. I'm your host, Ray Garvin. You can find me on Twitter at RayGQ. Make sure you're following the show at Destination Debbie. Destination Debbie is a proud member of the DLF family of podcasts. If you have yet to subscribe to the show, please do and check out all the other great shows that DLF has to offer. Now, week three of the college football season has come and it has gone and it was... Uneventful. It was the first time that we have we didn't have a top twenty five teams going against one another. It was just sort of a letdown all the way around. One of the games that I was really excited for when I saw the schedule early uh, early in the earlier in the year was Purdue versus TCU. Jalen Rager versus Rondell Moore. I thought it would be a battle of two future first round wide receivers. I mean, it was a game with two future potential first-round picks, wide receivers, but there was no battle. The game was terrible. I think Rondell Moore had three catches. Jalen Rager had three receptions. It just was not good. TCU completed a grand total of eight passes, and Purdue, I believe it was 11 or 13. It was just not a good game. It did not live up to the hype. The billing and majority of that was because of quarterback play. In college football, you have to have a quarterback. Very rarely do teams win with a subpar quarterback running the offense. Which leads me to Tua Tagovailoa. Are we so sure? Are we certain that Trevor Lawrence is the second coming of name the quarterback uh, that's in the NFL Hall of Fame now? And are we just dismissing Tua as maybe potentially being that guy? Maybe being the Debbie 101 for quarterbacks and not Trevor Lawrence. Now, I'm not panicking about what I've seen from Trevor. I know that a lot of people out there expect him to throw for four and 500 yards and five, five or six touchdowns every single game. And he has been a little careless with the ball, throwing an interception in each game uh, throughout this early part of the season. But he still looks fantastic. I ask this question not because what Trevor Lawrence is doing or not doing, but it's because of what Tua is doing. And are we really appreciating what this man at Alabama has done throughout three games of this college football season? Versus Duke. 
26 for 31 for 333 and 40 INTs, quarterback rating of 217 and a half. Week two versus New Mexico State, 16 for 24, 227 and three, quarterback rating of 187.4. He also added a touchdown on the ground. In this past Saturday versus South Carolina in South Carolina on the road, 28 for 36, 77.8% completion percentage, 444 yards and five touchdowns, no INTs. What this man is doing to college football is ridiculous. It's insane. He actually became the first quarterback in Crimson Tide history to throw for over 400 yards and five touchdowns in a contest. It's, it's, it's like it's just easy for him. He's surgical. Now, he does have crazy good weapons in Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddell, running back Najee Harris, Brian, Harris uh, Brian Robinson. But Tua is doing it, and he is making it look so, so simple. He's got 12 touchdowns, no interceptions on the season. He's already over 1,000 yards passing. He's got another touchdown on the ground. Completion percentage over 75%. What this man is doing, what he is putting on the show that he is orchestrating and conducting in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, we are we taking this for granted? Are we taking Tua's greatness for granted? Because if I'm on the clock right now in a Debbie startup, and I've got to pick between Tua, who is probably going to come out in the 2020 draft class, or Trevor Lawrence, who we've got at least another year to wait for, what am I doing? And let's not think about the NFL and where you could potentially land, which is the Miami Dolphins, who look absolutely terrible. But just from a quarterback standpoint, is Tua that far behind Trevor? Is he even behind Trevor? Are they even? Is Tua better? All I know is when I watch him on Saturdays, he looks like a surgeon. He is precise. He knows what he's doing. He's, he's spreading the wealth. He's not locked in on one receiver. Jerry Judy only had six receptions last game, yet he threw for 444 yards. Tua is a franchise quarterback game changer. And I just believe that as dynasty owners, us in Debbie leagues, the question needs to be asked, is Tua the Debbie 101? Is he the QB one? Let me say that. If you're talking about super flex leagues, yes, 101. I just believe that the, the, what Tua is doing to college football and how he's doing it and how meticulous and methodical and surgical he is, we're past having a conversation. I mean, this is, this is reality. This is real. And if you're playing in Dynasty, do you really want to wait another year for Trevor Lawrence when you can have somebody who's potentially just as good, if not better, next season? I don't know. Good question. Now, there were some other studs at the quarterback position this past weekend, Trevor Lawrence being one of them. Threw for 395, three touchdowns, two INTs, also chipped in 42 yards on the ground and another touchdown versus Syracuse. He looked a little shaky in that game. Uh, Frank Ladson made a ridiculous touchdown catch towards the end of that game to give uh, Trevor his third TD. Amari Rogers, it was good to see him back. I'll talk about him in a little bit. Trevor has so many weapons on that offense, and he does a good do good job distributing the ball. And for those who have not watched him play, he is not a statute. He is very well uh, an above-average athlete, so it was good to see him put on a show. 
probably the Heisman front runner. If it's not two, it's got to be Jalen Hurts. And man, has Lincoln Riley done a job with how he's used Jalen early in this season. He had over 150 rushing yards and he threw for almost 300. Four touchdowns and they beat UCLA. And Hurts just looks like a monster. And it's, you know, it's really cool to see and it's really refreshing, like I said on the last episode, to see him start to get some some serious love as far as NFL draft potential and perspectives. And I've seen him mocked in the back half of the first round. And if he continues to play and deliver the ball like he has early in the season, he will definitely, definitely elevate his draft, draft stock and potentially push himself in that first round category, as well as LSU signal caller Joe Burrow. Another week where he had over 80% completion percentage. It was against Northwestern State, I know. He only had three incomplete passes. He went 21 for 24, two TDs, threw for 373. But Joe is just cool. He's an accurate quarterback. And if you're you're telling me right now I've got a choice between Jake Fromm and Joe Burrow, give me Joe Burrow. I'm not going to invest in a quarterback who I already know what I'm getting from him. Jake Fromm is going to deliver the ball. He's going to be accurate. He's not going to take chances. I I, I just, he's not going to win you any games. Give me Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, I've seen a little more out of him as far as his intangibles, how he can deliver the ball, willingness to take chances down the field. I really like what I'm seeing out of Joe Burrow. And Justin Fields had another, uh, another solid week for Ohio State, just getting more and more comfortable in that Ryan Day offense and Justin Fields is moving up those ranks as well. He's going to be a really, really good quarterback prospect in the 2021 class. Now let's talk about some running backs. And I made a statement on Twitter where I said, when I move Chuba Hubbard to my Debbie running back three, I want to hear the argument against that move and who he would be replacing would be Travis Etienne. And this is, again... It, all of these takes are not a, an indictment against the players who are being jumped a slot. And, you know, and ultimately it really doesn't freaking matter. They're still tier one running back prospects, still tier one quarterback prospects, but I rank inside the tier. And I have moved Chuba Hubbard over Travis Etienne. And majority of the um, apprehension or pushback against that move is, oh, he plays in the Big 12 or... You know, Travis Etienne, he, he shows elite speed, and I really haven't seen that out of Chuba. Let me tell you guys something. Chuba Hubbard has elite speed. Go back and listen to these episodes. Chuba Hubbard, I've said it multiple times, national champion sprinter in high school, 10 500-meter dash time. He has elite speed. And what he did versus Tulsa, oh, he only the only reason he puts up these stats is because he gets the ball so much. He had 32 carries for 256 yards and three touchdowns. He averaged eight yards a carry. Ripped off runs of 75, 30, 33. Chuba Hubbard is a three-down back. Six foot one, 210-pound runner. Travis Etienne, 5'10, 5'11, 200, 205. You line them up in a foot race, they're probably the same speed. You look at what they can do in the receiving game. Chuba Hubbard is proven, a proven pass catcher out of the backfield. Travis Etienne is admitted and is not used in that area because he's not comfortable in that area. Has Travis done it a little bit longer? Absolutely. He had the backfield to himself last year, but do not think for a second that Chuba Hubbard is just some product of, oh, he gets 32 carries. He took carries away from Justice Hill last year. Had over 700 yards on the ground and another 200 in the air. 
as a redshirt freshman. Chuba Hubbard needs to be put in the conversation for tier one Debbie running back prospects potentially coming out in 2020 because he is in fact just that. And J.K. Dobbins, two weeks in a row where he's looked really, really good. First week of the season, had a bunch of carries, had 90 yards and a touchdown, didn't look very good. But last week and this week, 22 carries, 193, one touchdown on the ground, had another one through the air. He's running decisively. He had a hell of a touchdown run in that game. If you haven't seen it, go look up J.K. Dobbins' highlights. It was phenomenal. He displayed everything in one run. Speed, contact, balance, power, agility, vision. It was an outstanding run. And a little bit of the hesitation and pause that I had with J.K. early in the season has been removed for now. So J.K. is still, for me, a Tier 2 running back prospect in the 2020 class. But hey, he's looking really good, and I like what I've seen out of his game, as well as the man, DeAndre Swift, who had 140 yards of total offense, and he had a beautiful, I believe it was like a 48-yard touchdown reception on the screenplay. You guys, do not worry about DeAndre Swift and his usage and him not getting the ball a lot. It's just how Georgia plays. They've got talented running backs all across the board. We say three other ones outside of Swift, but they've got freshmen who played and played well. I mean, they're just not going to. They're saving Swift. Saving them for the SEC title game. Saving them for a potential national championship run. There's no reason to wear him down this early in the season. But he looks phenomenal. And he shows every bit why uh, he should be the Debbie running back one. And if there are any owners in Debbie leagues who are panicked over DeAndre Swift and his you should send offers out. Remember, y'all, this is a Debbie show. This isn't a... NFL draft, where are they going to be slotted at show? This isn't a college fantasy football show. This is Debbie. I'm talking about guys that you want on your dynasty rosters here in the next couple of years, guys that you should be actively trying to trade for in Debbie leagues, have on your radar in Debbie leagues, or be prepared for in dynasty when 2020 rookie drafts start rolling around. This is what this show is geared for. So absolutely, Khalil Tate had a good game, and there are other college prospects who played very well, but damn it, they're not on the dynasty radar. A, either they do not have the skill set that looks like they're going to transfer to the next level, they don't have those intangibles, that testing ability, the measurables, whatever it is. This is Devi. This is dynasty. You want to hear about players that are going to be on NFL teams and making an impact or have the potential to make an impact here in the near future. And when we're talking Debbie wide receivers, Henry Ruggs is somebody that you are going to want on your dynasty rosters here in the near future. Six for 122 and one, and he had an 81-yard touchdown that I'm ready to get the miles per hour on that run because I'm pretty sure, again, he hit over 23 miles per hour on that catch and run. He's just so fast and speed kills, folks. Now, if he goes to some anemic offense like the Detroit Lions, where they don't know how to use their receivers properly, shout out to Kenny G who had a good game. But yeah, he he may be in wide receiver purgatory at that point in time. But anybody who sees his skill set, any offensive coordinator who takes a look at what he does and what he does well, Henry Ruggs is going to be a valuable asset at the next level. Doesn't take much. McCall Hardman today, 42-yard touchdown pass, had another 70-yard bomb called back. McCall Hardman's not some refined route runner. He isn't a savant. He hadn't even been playing the position for very long, but you know what he can do? He runs a 4-3 40-yard dash. 
And Henry Ruggs runs probably a 4-2 40-yard dash. So you get somebody like that on an NFL field in an offense with a quarterback and an offensive coordinator who aren't afraid to put the ball downfield, Henry Ruggs will be extremely valuable. And he's playing very, very well in a high-powered offense. Tyler Johnson, good to see him off the milk carton. 10 for 143 touchdowns. I was going to put an APB out on Tyler. It's been quiet first two games of the season. Looked like Rashad Bateman was that man. But Tyler Johnson, it's good to see him come back. And he displayed some speed, you know. He is not the most complete athlete out there. He's he's not going to test ridiculous at the combine. But he took a slant route 70 yards to the house. So that was good to see. And Tylen Wallace, let's, let's just talk about T-Dub for a little bit. Coming into the season, I was not... Very, very high on Tylen Wallace. I think I had him ranked Debbie wide receiver 12 or 13. Anybody right now, I'm not talking about NFL draft. I'm not talking landing spot. I'm talking about Debbie wide receivers right now. If Tylen Wallace isn't in your top five, you're doing it wrong. For the third straight game, he scored five receptions, 118 yards. Displayed tremendous speed once again. That leaping ability, that contested catch ability, the timing of, of his jumps and his ball tracking ability on display again. Tylen Wallace is a beast. Tylen Wallace is good. Probably won't be a first round pick, but he's going to be a day two selection. And he's going to go to camp and he's going to tear up people and he's going to get an opportunity. Listen, he needs to be a top five Debbie wide receiver at this point in time. Now, LaVisca Chenault, so happy to see him overcome some of his offensive woes. And, you know, players like LaVisca and Jalen Rager so far, and, and I've been very high on Rager, but there's no denying that quarterback situation at TCU has hurt him. And it may be a perfect buy low window and opportunity for you guys out there to offer the Rager owner something. Maybe panicking. Hadn't looked good. Only had three receptions last game. And LaVisca Chenault was headed down that path at Colorado where I talked about it on the Debbie Happy Hour where his stock may be falling, but it it, it creates a buy, a buy low window. Matt and Dwight and I talked about this and LaVisca Chenault came back to life. Eight for 124 and one, added 25 yards on the ground and a touchdown and he looked dominant. His touchdown was a thing of beauty. Speed, power, that's Visca's game. That physicality. He finished the game, which is even better. I'm just glad he made it through. But it's good to see him get back on track because he's as talented as any wide receiver in the country. T. Higgins, 7 for 150. Just a big body wide receiver. Bullies defensive backs. It's not, it's not fair when you're, when you're talking about T. Higgins and players like LaVisca Chenault and just how physically imposing they are. But the wide receiver performance of the week goes to another Clemson wide receiver not named Higgins. Not named Justin Ross, but Amari Rogers. And I was actually very, very high on Amari Rogers earlier this spring because of his play last season, and he tore his ACL. In the spring, six months ago, he tore his ACL. What the hell is he doing back on the field right now? And even more so, what the hell is he doing putting up 127 and 2, displaying tremendous speed on a quick wide receiver bubble pass? took it down the sideline and outran the entire Syracuse defense. Amari Rogers is defying all medical and recovery time timelines, being on the field, performing at the level that he performed 
on Saturday. It's it's a great story, but it's an even better player. And if he is, and I don't believe he's probably 100% healthy, but 100% healthy Amari Rodgers is a problem. And he is going to be a fantastic buy candidate. You know, if if anybody even drafted him in a Debbie startup draft because of his injury, write the name down. Amari Rogers is somebody that I'm very, very much interested in. Now, a couple of buy candidates that I think uh, Debbie owners should be putting some feelers out for this week. Antonio Gandy Golden from Liberty. And he had eight for 174 and two. Monster of a wide receiver, big bodied guy, but he's a smooth athlete, fantastic hands. AGG, go by AGG. And Sage Surratt, all right, six for 169 and one, six for three, 215 pound wide receiver from Wake Forest. Sage is somebody who there were a couple of people talking about him in the spring, but not many. And still, even right now, where we're at, there probably aren't many people talking about this kid. And he's talented. He's got the requisite size, he's got speed, he's powerful, he's tough. Is he going to be a first-round NFL draft pick? Probably not. Second? Probably not. But he's going to be drafted, he's going to make a roster, and he is somebody that, for that 2020 crop of wide receivers, needs to be on your radar. Najee Harris is a buy for me as well. Now, (sighs) Najee is sort of, he is a curious case of, that running back who had a tremendous prep profile coming out of high school. I believe he was the number, I think he was the number two overall recruit in his recruiting class, period, not just running back. I know he was like top five, but he's six foot two, six three, 225, 230 pound running back who can catch the ball. And that's what you want to see, right? He, I, I tweeted out that Najee Harris is what we all want Derrick Henry to be. And people, oh my God, no, no, no. Derrick Henry is a much better runner, which he is. I believe Henry is a much better runner. And for Henry to be 240, 250 pounds and run a 4 five forty, that's ridiculous. I don't know if Najee Harris has that type of speed, but he's a physical runner. He's a, he's a different runner than Henry. He's patient. He does have better lateral quickness, and what he does do very, very well is catch the ball out of the backfield. He had a long touchdown pass called back against Duke, and in this game, 87 yards and two TDs through the air is phenomenal. It's a great, great running back stat line that translates very well to the next level, and he also had probably right now through three weeks in the season is the run of the year where he just muscles a defender down and leaps over somebody else and races down the sideline for a touchdown. But some of those buys, AGG, Sage Surratt, Najee Harris, three Debbie buys for me at this point in time. All right, let's talk about some freshman studs from Saturday and some standout performances from the young guys. And I'm going to start with the quarterback, Jaden Daniels, the true freshman signal caller out of Arizona State. And he is not on this segment because of his stats. He only had 140 passing yards in the game versus Michigan State. But what he did do in the intangibles and the guts that he showed late in that game on the road as a true freshman to come back, drive the ball 75 yards down the field on that very, very talented Michigan State Spartans defense and win the game 7-10 in a dirty grind them out game where he was sacked four times. He only completed 15 passes. But that final drive, it showed a ton. And you had to watch it to really feel it. And as uh, I was talking with Dwight and Matt, 
and you just knew it was going to happen. And we were like, is Jaden really going to pull this off? And he did. So for a freshman to be in, in on the road in a hostile environment and to pull that win off after throwing for 304 yards against Sac State and he threw for 284 in his first collegiate game against Kent State, I'm very, very encouraged about what Jaden Daniels can be down the line. And right now, if you're in a Debbie League, I would put out a feeler of some flyers to see if you can acquire him on the low right now because he is so young and he's not eligible until 2022. Probably somebody you would love to have just kind of stashed away on your roster for a couple of years to continue to watch him grow and develop. Now, who's already developed and looks really, really good is Ole Miss freshman Jerion Ely, the former five-star recruit who had himself a Saturday breaking the Ole Miss freshman record for all-purpose yards in a game, which Dexter McCluster held. Ely had 273 all-purpose yards. He had a 94-yard kick return for a touchdown. He also had 95 yards on the ground, plus a couple of yards through the air, and just looked really, really talented. Now, I know Scotty Phillips is there as the starting running back or entered the season as starting running back, but I believe it's only a matter of time before Ely starts to take over that backfield. The talent is there. There's a reason why he was a five-star recruit coming out of high school and to put up those type of numbers early in his freshman uh, season just shows the amount of talent that he has. So Jerion Ely definitely gets a helmet sticker from me as a freshman standout. And the final guy that I want to talk about is Texas wide receiver Jake Smith. Now, I know it's kind of like a running joke that Ray loves him some Jake Smith, but it's not a, a take that I'm just taking because I have nothing else to do. It's because he's a very, very talented player. And that conversion to wide receiver seems to be paying dividends not only for Smith, but for the Longhorns. And versus Rice, he led the Longhorns with six receptions, 75 yards and two receiving touchdowns in only his third collegiate game. Sam Ellinger looks like he's found another go-to receiver along with DuVernay. And, you know, they've got Malcolm Epps, who needs to be playing tight end, and Colin Johnson, who's another big wide receiver. Jake Smith is fast. He's dynamic. He's a great route runner on his long 53-yard touchdown catch. It just shows his ability to track the ball and adjust to it in air. He is a talented kid, and I guarantee you very few Debbie owners will have him on their rosters. I have him on mine because I, I knew the talent and believed in the talent coming out of high school. But Jake Smith is somebody who's only going to continue to rise and get better throughout this college football season. And mark my word, this time next year when we're having this conversation and we're listening to episode, I don't know what of the DDP, there will be no buying Jake Smith at a discount. This kid is talented. Go get him now. Send out some feelers now if anybody has him. But realistically, if any owner has him, they know how talented he is, so you probably can't get him. But Jake Smith is somebody that needs to be on your Debbie radar, so when you have take your, uh, your Debbie drafts take place next spring, you'll be able to acquire him. So Jake Smith, Jerion Ely, and Jaden Daniels, freshman helmet stickers from the DDP. All right, a couple of guys that I forgot to mention that are definitely deserving of some recognition for their play on the field on Saturday. Alabama wide receiver Devonta Smith, 8 for 136 and 2. Fantastic job versus South Carolina. I think Devonta is one of the more underrated wide receivers in the 2020 class. I do believe that he could have a Terry McLaurin type rise throughout the pre-draft process after the combine, pro day workouts, private workouts. He's a very smooth wide receiver. Very competitive. He's where Tua needs him to be at all times. 
Just a very, very smooth wide receiver prospect. A.J. Dillon running back out of Boston College. 27 rushes for 151-1. and one. Hey, Dillon looked good. I'm not the biggest A.J. Dillon fan in the world. Uh, you know, six-foot running back, 250 pounds. I, I just don't think that his skill set translates well to the NFL, but he had a hell of a game versus Kansas. So A.J. Dillon, good job for him on Saturday. Justin Herbert, quarterback out of Oregon, threw for 316 yards, five TDs, no interceptions against Montana. Another good game for Justin Herbert, who I think has has improved his stock some this year. I know the counting stats may not be the be where we all would like them to be, but I mean he's over 240 yards in each game of the season. He's got 11 touchdowns on the on the year, no interceptions. He's shown some pretty good uh, arm strength, accuracy, and that athleticism. So Justin Herbert, another good game by the Oregon Signal Caller. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. I hope you've enjoyed your flight. We'll be landing in just a few minutes. All right, that's going to do it for episode 20 of the Destination Debbie podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you have yet to subscribe to the DDP, please do. And if you would be so kind, leave a rating and review. It would be much appreciated. As always, I appreciate every listening ear. Appreciate all the feedback. If you want, if you've got questions, if there's something that you want to hear on the show, you know, I don't really do like mailbag type segments, but if there are some really good questions that you have that you want to hear, if there are some players that you guys want me to talk about, let me know. Hit me up on Twitter at RayGQ and I'll do my best to try to respond to you. And if the question is good and if I feel it's something that multiple people or my listeners need to listen to or hear, I will definitely, definitely give you a shout out on this show. And uh, we'll kind of post the question and talk through it on the show. So until next time, you guys be safe, be blessed. You know what's next. Drop the music. 